And now it's time for another Dr. Film Podcast. mailbag again today, but I think it may get you off track, so I can just leave again. I think we're all in favor of that. <laughs> Thank you. This question is from Sheridan Bucket of London Polytechnic. It's pronounced bouquet, Anamorphia. Bouquet. Well, la-dee-da. Go ahead. He writes, My roommate Tarquin and I have wondered how you became the first classic film superhero. <laughs> We were wondering about your origin story. Well, that's an interesting question. It reminds me of... Well, that's my cue. I can just leave now. See you next time, folks. You stick around. I may need you for the flashback later on. Yeah, but I'm supposed to be auditioning for American Idol this afternoon. Not on my time. Okay. Cue the stuffy narrator. Years ago, the mild-mannered film historian Eric Grayson was eking out a living as a movie projectionist when his boss tried to keep him in line. But sir, I love movies about explosions and guts as much as the next guy. But can't we run something older? I love classic movies a lot, and I want to share them with people. I think they should be seen with an audience. Yeah, kid, but those don't pay. We want butts and seats, you hear? Butts and seats! As far as I'm concerned, there are only five old movies you're allowed to run. Casablanca, Singing in the Rain, Gone with the Wind, Citizen Kane, and The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but I could start a multiplex and run them five old movies and I'd still be able to eat just them five. You know, there are a lot of cool old movies that we should share with audiences if you'd just give them a chance. It might take a while, but the audience would build and we'd do great business. We'd be a cult theater. No way, kid. You start running the boring old silent movies you like so much and you're out of here. Dejected, Eric applies to a museum as their projectionist, hoping that they will run movies made before The Godfather. So, Eric, you want to run old movies on film? Yes, I thought if I came to a museum, you'd run a wider variety of movies. Well, of course. We run all sorts of movies. We run Coen Brothers, lots of anime, and any film with Betty Davis or Joan Crawford. If we can get them both in one movie, that's better. Well, that's a step in the right direction. My last boss told me there were only five movies made before Star Wars. You mean Casablanca, Singing in the Rain, Wizard of Oz, Citizen Kane, and Gone with the Wind? How do you know? Oh, yeah, we run those, too. Five or six times a year. Those are all great. Slightly encouraged by this experience, Eric continues to run films for the museum, always asking to let him run just one or two films that are different, off the beaten path. How about we run this movie, The Match King? It's got a lot of social commentary in it, and it's still pertinent. Oh, I don't know. Is Betty Davis in it? No, but Warren William is. He made a movie with Betty Davis. Well, is it hipster-friendly? I don't even know what that means. You know, the kind of film that they can laugh at if they don't like it. 
Modern audiences love to make fun of old movies. Are you sure you want to encourage that? Oh, sure. Haven't you seen Mystery Science Theater 3000? I hate that show. But it's hipsters watching old movies, and some of the writing is hilarious. Yes, it makes me laugh sometimes, too. But it encourages people to look down on anything older and make fun of it. And I don't like that. But hipsters love it. Let's do that. Do what? We can run the match key and pass out avocado toast to everyone in the audience and then have a contest to see who has the best costume from the movie. That sounds like a party. Well, it is. Then why not just have a party and not run the movie? They won't be able to watch the movie anyway. And worse than that, why do we just have to assume that every hipster is stupid, loves avocado toast, and won't watch anything made before he was born? That's part of the problem, you know. When we assume people are stupid and don't teach them any better, why should we be surprised that they won't watch The Match King? Oh, that's okay. We'll just publicize the party and not the movie, so what's the difference? Maybe we should just run Ferris Bueller again and serve avocado toast with that. Great idea! Hipsters love 80s movies. You're getting the idea of this film programming really well. There's not much to get. Then we can run The Match King as the second feature. Ferris Bueller and the Match King? That's a terrible double feature. Oh, that's fine. They won't know anyway. We've just announced a new sponsor for this series. Let me guess. The brew pub down the street. Well, that's right. The hipsters will all be so zumped out on craft beers and avocado toast they won't really care what's on the screen. You know, you have a really low opinion of your audience. Maybe the hipsters are smarter than you think. Who cares? If they're drunk, they're happy. This may make money, but it's not real cinema. I'm here to make money. That's why we're a museum. It's not about art. Finally, Eric's new boss took pity on him and let him do some film programming himself. It started out slowly, but built steadily into a good-sized audience. Until one day... Well, I think that my audience is finally ready for this. Yeah, this should go over well. Sit down without being invited. I didn't know it was your table. It's laid for a great many more than three. Your hair wants cutting. <laughs> you should learn not to make personal remarks. It's very rude. Well, why is a raven like a writing desk? I believe I can get that. Do you mean you think you can find out the answer to it? Exactly so. Then you should say what you mean. This is the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it is pretty bad, isn't it? It's really, really bad. It makes Plan 9 from Outer Space look good. Well, it is a good movie to see when you're drunk. No, not even then. Don't worry, I'll run a good movie next time. Oh, there's not going to be a next time. What are you talking about? You see, I'm not just a cliched character combining several people who've annoyed you over the years. I'm also the film fairy, and now you've overstepped your bounds. What? I'm a superhero, a good witch. Well, maybe chaotic good. I get all those role-playing games confused. I represent all that is good and wonderful about cinema, all that is magical about the movies, all that community spirit and audience participation. You? How could you be that? I know. 
It's pretty convincing secret identity, right? You're not going to turn into Betty Davis, are you? Maybe Joan Crawford or Margaret Hamilton. I think I may have to leave. Now you're going to become a secret superhero with a curse to boot. Hold up your hand. Yeah, I definitely need to leave now. I'll be back for the changeover. See ya. It doesn't matter. Look at your palm now. There's a picture of an octagonal film can. That's right. Now you're cursed to become the self-righteous Dr. Film whenever stupid film-goers or bad managers annoy you. That happens all the time. Even a projectionist who is pure in heart and makes every change over on time may become Dr. Film when the house lies full and the carpet arcs apart. This is weird. You've done three voices so far. You're giving Linda Blair a run for her money. I haven't even started yet. I was afraid of that. From now on, whenever someone trashes a black and white film, whenever someone refuses to watch a silent movie, whenever you hear someone say cinema started with Star Wars, you'll turn into your alto ego, Dr. Film. Great. What superpower do I have? You'll have the power of passion and persuasion. People will believe you and give older films a try. Hey, that sounds like a win-win. But the curse part of it is that no one will like Dr. Phil. You'll have the charisma of a dead fish, the marketing ability of a slug selling salt, and you'll annoy every theater manager in the world. Sounds like not that much difference, really. You'd like to think so. But people will love the work you do, but not you, ever. Not a one of your films will be on Turner Classic Movies. You'll never get to go abroad for a film showing. Theater owners will single you out and not listen to a word you say. The bigger and more expensive the venue, the less chance they will have anything to do with you. And they'll tell you it's personal. But I'll be able to save and share movies? Yes, only with the greatest frustration. I'll live with it. Have you heard of popcorn monkeys? Of course, that's what projectionists call the minimum wage workers who take tickets and make popcorn. A lot of them are temporary projectionists and screw up the films. Well, I employ the greatest fleet of popcorn monkeys, and I'm going to deploy them just to frustrate you whenever you try to run a film. Fly, fly, So, you love films. You're the film fairy. But you're letting the popcorn monkeys destroy them. Why would you even have popcorn monkeys? It seems like someone didn't think this through very well. I contain multitudes. I contradict myself. Wow, all this just because you didn't like Bud Pollard's Alice in Wonderland? Yes, I hated every second of it. Well, there is some justice. And I'll saddle you with the rudest, most obnoxious assistant known to man. What's his problem? Hers, you mean. You'll find out. She's competent, but you're stuck with her. <laughs> she has her own curse that I'll never reveal. What an eccentric performance. Weeks later, Eric is projecting for a special show involving one of his favorite living directors, Peter Bogdanovich. Mr. Bogdanovich, this is our projection booth where we'll be running Touch of Evil. I know you said you needed something to drink. I'll meet you in the green room. 
Can I talk to him? I've got a collection of... Of course not. You're just a projectionist. How dare you think you could sully a great filmmaker with projectionist cooties, you laborer. Talking to Peter Bogdanovich only about Orson Welles skips over all the movies he's done himself and all the great directors he knew. And yet, that's what we're going to do. Did you bring the trailer? No, I didn't. I called you and I told you that if I didn't hear from you, that we would not be running it. And I didn't hear from you. You should have brought it anyway. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I'll get you, my pretty. <laughs> Put the mask on now. Put the mask on now. Norman? Norman? Yeah, what kind of waste is this, you stupid, arrogant... And now I see my revenge is complete. And that's how Eric became Dr. Film. Well, see, you didn't need me after all, you pompous twit. Yeah, but you probably missed your audition, so we're even. <sighs> Tune in next time for another exciting episode of the Dr. Film podcast. And go out and see an old movie. Even if he tells you to. Jeez. By the way, you can order DVDs at drfilm.net slash Amazon. And you can ask your own questions at askdrfilm, askdrfilm at drfilm.net. You had me wait all this time for nothing. Mm -hmm.